Hey, welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news show from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm BIV reporter Tyler Orton. And look, many of us were quite accustomed to working from home right now is almost an overnight transition just five months ago. But many lingering issues still remain, especially when we consider some of those vulnerabilities, you know, that could be exposed. And our guest today is Christy Wyatt. She's CEO of Vancouver-based Absolute Software, and she can speak a lot to the security issues occupying the minds of businesses at this moment. And Christy, I want to thank you for joining us on the show once again. Thanks for having me. So obviously, you know, Absolute, you guys specialize in security for those devices, that's uh, those work devices that we all rely on so much right now. Everyone's bringing their work devices home. I've got one right in the palm of my hands as we speak. And I'm asking, you know, from your perspective, does it feel like your company was almost made for this kind of acceleration, this rapid acceleration that we saw for remote work unfold just a couple months ago? I definitely, I think acceleration is a good word. It's not new. People have been mobilizing their employees for a long time, but generally they've been thinking about their remote or their mobile workforce as being a subset. I think the obviously the massive new event was having to mobilize everybody on a moment's notice. And I think that that was a pretty big challenge for many companies, having to send many employees, in some cases, many systems, many PCs home that had never actually been off of the corporate network. Um, so definitely an acceleration or in a different set of behaviors in the, uh, across the industry right now. Well, obviously, whatever you know, clients were telling you at the start of the pandemic, uh, I'm sure you know, kind of the needs have changed over the last few months. But what were you hearing at the beginning of the pandemic from clients about, like, how are we going to make this work? I just remember, you know, every friend I spoke to, everybody's IT team was just overloaded with requests as people were making kind of this rapid, you know, almost overnight transition. Yeah. So, so we send, tend to think of it in waves. I think wave one was really at the beginning where everybody was just grabbing every piece of hardware they could get their hands on. They were ordering new systems. They were taking old systems out of closets that people hadn't been using anymore. Just every individual needed a device and needed to get home. And so that was a lot of very hectic activity. Uh, We saw a lot of devices reconnect to our service that we hadn't seen in six months or a year because they'd been decommissioned. And then now they've been reprovisioned and and given back as, as a laptop or a desktop for somebody to take home. I think the second wave that we saw was really IT organizations trying to then get their arms around what just left the building, both from a device perspective as well as from a data perspective. So I had one CIO tell me that they thought they had between 20 and uh, between 30 and 50,000 devices go home in a couple of weeks. But if you just think about that, that's plus or minus 20,000 devices. So that means there's a whole lot of assets they didn't know. There was a whole lot of data that they didn't know. So a big next step was trying to understand what data just left the building and was it protected? Did those devices have security controls on them? They may not have had time to put uh, modern or updated security on those devices, or in some cases they were drop shipping hardware directly to people's houses. Um, so they would need to try to remotely configure and manage those devices. And then I think the third wave we're seeing now is people really you know, redefining what modern enterprise computing is. There's some acknowledgement that whatever this is, it's going to be here for a while. Maybe we're not all at home, but we're probably not going to be all back at work. And and for the foreseeable future, we're all going to have to have some sort of agility to be able to make those decisions and move back and forth. And so really trying to understand what are the modern strategies for how you secure devices, secure data, define access, authenticate people, all of the, the things we thought we knew how to do, sort of, it's a new game now. 
Well, it's interesting how you brought up, you know, it's a new game now, but even just last week, uh, my colleagues and I, we, we had to go back to the office because there were some security things that we had to resolve over the network. We, we couldn't just rely on kind of those endpoints, you know, uh, devices at this point. What is kind of the, the, this new reality of working from home going to be like? Is it going to have to be kind of a, a mix of, you know, sometimes at the office, do you think it's possible for you know us to kind of transition to a completely remote workforce, if not this year, maybe in the coming years? So I, I think that this has fundamentally changed how many organizations think about remote employees. There's, there's sort of the practical decision and then there's the emotional decision. People like being with people. They like working with their team. They like being in the same room. Managers like to see their team. And so I think a lot of organizations believed that, that, that this couldn't that this couldn't work in their business, that they couldn't make remote work happen, either because there was technical issues with systems they needed to access or because there was a human dynamic that they didn't think they could replace. And we've all been forced to recreate that. We've all been forced to recreate the social connection, been forced to recreate the group activities, how you whiteboard, how you collaborate. And we've been forced to recreate things like security. If you can't walk your device over to IT and say, fix what's broken, you're you have to rely on some other tool. Uh, you know, we give companies the ability to remotely manage and configure devices or have them fix themselves without having to call IT. So the devices are intelligent enough to do what we call self-healing. So, so whether it's the social or the technical or, or, or sort of the business strategies, we've all been challenged to find new ways. And I think that that has a permanent effect. We did an employee survey, and I know a lot of my peers have done similar surveys within their organizations you know, I'd say between 40 and 60% of, of the employee base says they either want to work from home or they want to have some sort of hybrid working model. Now, I, I'm a big fan of, of organizations and individuals not making decisions when they're emotional or in, when they're any, in, in any sort of state of, of, of unrest. But I think as the longer this goes on, the more people really sort of get comfortable and really get a little more clear about what, what are the benefits of working from home versus in the office? And if you were going to do some sort of a hybrid model or have some of these new strategies, how do you make those work within your organization? We, we have a view that they're more accessible now than they were before. If we're all taking home these devices, though, you know, what is the potential cost to a company if they're not making investments in security, though? Well, so even companies that have been making investments in security may find that the tools they've invested in don't work anymore. So a lot of security technologies relied on the fact that you were connected to the corporate network. And if you were remote, you would VPN it back into the corporate network and you would still be protected. One of the biggest things we saw happen as so many employees went home is that that presumption of being on the corporate network or that dependency on something called a VPN was just not necessarily practical at that scale. We saw a lot of organizations where they were spending so much time with their help desk trying to help people get their VPN working um, that it just, it didn't work. We saw entire companies telling employees to turn VPNs off. And I'm not, that's one category. I think there's a whole a whole subset of the security industry that is relying either on appliances that are sitting on your local network or sitting or relying on sort of corporate data that are just not going to work in this model. So so it's not, it's, I think it's rethinking the modern architecture. If you If you have to think about your security architecture in terms of having the agility to move people where they need to be, where is the data, how do you establish people are who's they, who they say they are and can access the things that they think they can have access to. Um, it might mean rethinking some of the tools you've come to rely on. One of the things we know is critical is that people aren't going to get massive amounts of more funding to hire more help desk folks to kind of go and travel to people's houses and fix their systems. So you're going to have to rely on things like self-healing or resilience or, or some of these capabilities to be able to 
to enable these devices to behave more intelligently when things are changing. Well, can you expand on something just for those that don't know, uh, talk a little bit about self-healing because I, th I think it is kind of an interesting uh, thing that you guys are able to uh, pursue and help out with. Sure. So, so Absolute as a company has a piece of technology called Persistence. We've been embedded in, in every laptop and desktop that's been built practically for a very long period of time. So there's about a half a billion systems on the planet today that have us embedded within them. And if IT activates that, it does nothing when it's not activated, but if IT activates that, then the device becomes more intelligent about um, its own state, its own location. And, and IT can do things like remote scripting to, to remediate or fix a vulnerability. Self-healing is the concept of, of monitoring applications to make sure that they're installed or present. So, so what we know is that security actually has a rate of decay. You may think you've turned on encryption for your entire estate or that you've uh, installed malware detection across your entire uh, enterprise. But what we know is that those controls fail over time. Either uh, employees uh, tinkered with them or they conflicted with one another or they didn't get the latest patch because they weren't awake at the right time or their, their transmission was interrupted. So there's a whole host of reasons why those controls decay over time, either intentionally or, or unintentionally. Self-healing is the ability for these systems to actually detect that they've become out of compliance and then heal themselves. So so if something is, is not where it's supposed to be or running the way it's supposed to run, then, then it will heal itself. It will call home. It will reconfigure itself. It will do what it needs, which is a much better option than the employee calling the help desk and saying, my XYZ is not working or my system's slow. Please, helping, please help me. Uh, because we know that IT organizations just don't have the capacity to take all of those phone calls right now. Well, the things I, I'm curious just from Absolute's own perspective, though, but I mean, did you guys have to kind of reconfigure the way you guys were approaching business at all? Like, obviously, all businesses were bound for some major shakeups, you know, at the start of this pandemic. What were some of the steps that you guys had to take out of the gate just to kind of readjust even to different client expectations? I, I think that uh, we were we were quite fortunate. So, so, so. Uh, you know, for myself, I, I commute. I'm about 50% in Silicon Valley, 50% in Vancouver. I, I, I live in, in BC and California both. And so we had been a, a very remote um, collaboration focused company to start with. We started what I called the cameras on um, conference policy about a year before, meaning that, that uh, phone calls needed to have cameras on. You, if you were going to do a video con or an audio conference, it needed to be a video conference. Um, and, and when folks sort of challenged that, we, I threatened to, to, to duct tape iPads on the walls just to, to sort of make a point that, that you, can't, you can't allow remote connection to, to, to break collaboration. People needed to have that human connection and work together. We had transitioned over the past year to things like online collaboration platforms, moving a lot of our systems to the cloud. So, so when that moment came, we were actually pretty much already operating in that way. There was certainly a set of our employees that were not used to working from home and and that was an adjustment, but from, from our experience in working with over 13,000 customers, we know that our, our transition was, was incredibly seamless compared to many of the others. Um, and what that did for us is it gave us the ability to really focus on the business. It gave us the ability to really then lean forward and say, listen, we know quite a bit about this. We've been locating and managing devices for several decades. We have 13,000 customers. We're very comfortable working remotely. So how do we help you? You know, what are the parts you're struggling with and how do we help you get through that? Uh, I, I still find it remarkable just how many you know, throngs of businesses were able to kind of figure out this transition so quickly. 
Uh, we even managed to put out a newspaper um, without any, well, I'm not going to say without any hitches, but I mean, we had to figure it out and we still got it out on time. So it's kind of an amazing transition to watch, you know, just unfold over the last few months. And uh, yeah, from your perspective as well, I, I think it's very cool what Absolute has been able to do the last few months and just help guide all these other businesses. But uh, Christy, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. That's Christy Wyatt. She is CEO of Vancouver-based Absolute Software. And that is it for the show today. But go to BIV.com. You'll find more interviews and more news stories there. We'll be back on Wednesday. But for now, I'm Tyler Orton.